Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Ali Warshavsky. And today on our podcast, we are speaking with Wes Bemis. He's executive director of Stanford Next. And that is a nonprofit collaborative created to invest in the people, technology, and expertise in Stanford, Connecticut to propel the city's growth and enable innovation. Wes is here to better explain what that all means. Welcome to the BizCast. No, thanks for having me, Ali, and uh, it's good to be back with the CBIA. I uh, I love hearing what you guys are up to and participating and helping you know spread the word about all the great things happening around Connecticut. Well, we love to hear that. Now, um, I know you've been a part of some CBIA events, but for anyone who is not familiar with you, can you give a brief description of how did Stanford Next come to exist? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Stanford Next is the local Stanford organization that is that is implementing what's called the Innovation Places Grant, uh, which is run by CT Next uh, out of out of Hartford, and the the whole idea around Innovation Places is that we use small grants and and financial support in with organizations in the community that provide resources and support to entrepreneurs, startups individuals looking to either begin or grow or move a company here in Connecticut, we want to see them have the resources and support that they need here in Stanford to be successful in doing that and to support their growth and longevity here in the state. Innovation Places has been in place for five years now. Uh, we have another five years coming up. And what we've seen is that each of the innovation places, and there's one in New Haven, New London, Hartford, and Stanford, each of the innovation places has organically connected with the grassroots of the entrepreneur and startup community within their cities and have all taken on their own personalities in terms of what those cities' economies really look like and what the best way is to support them. So we just happen to be uh, one of four and, and we're extremely privileged to be able to support the, the startup community here in Stanford. And piggybacking off of exactly what you just said, it was in 2016 when Connecticut awarded Stanford with one of the four innovation places, which means they got the grants to get growth going in technology and entrepreneurship in this urban center. I'm pretty sure New Haven is the bioscience hub. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about why Stanford was chosen as an area to grow this type of ecosystem? And and Stanford, correct me if I'm wrong, it's about data science, right? Yeah. And each of the cities um, really kind of discovered what their personality as an innovation place, what they wanted that to be by the interaction with the founders, the funders, the companies, the, the existing and the, and the new businesses in their cities. And when Stanford was originally chosen, a lot, one of the major assets that we brought to the table was that we had a fairly you know, large, you know, maybe second largest in the state, concentration of big, you know, old timey industry companies, old school, you know, GE capital type mm-hmm. stuff, right? And and that that was very good at, they were very good at what they did in the sense they ungainly organizations that last forever and have huge uh, inputs into the employment of the economy. But but then you know you would see somebody like a, a GE, for instance, leave the state and and the chaos that that left in its wake. And so our our premise here was that we had done that so well that we needed to start backfilling and start growing from the bottom up, or else we were going to forever be 
you know, subject to somebody else's whims when it comes to our, our future as a state. And Stanford has had at the time uh, a ton of really, really well-educated, really smart, really creative people working at these companies who perhaps maybe didn't feel like they could go out tomorrow and take their idea and start it and make it great uh, and make it in Connecticut. And so kind of what, what we said was, look, we have all of the potential here, but it's not, the rubber's not meeting the road. And let's try and find ways to bring those people into the conversation, show them how they can be successful as entrepreneurs, show them how they can be successful starting a business or, a, or, a, or creating a tech company, and then give them the tools to do it here. And that was, that was the, the message that, that Stanford Next, our, um, our organization, brought to CT Next back in 2016. And that's, that's the message we're still working with today. How we wound up with data science was that, you know, as, as kind of the economy in Stanford has, I won't say ebbed and flowed, but, but grown and shrank in the wake of the, the financial crisis back in uh, the late 2000s, We've seen that data is the thing that ties all of our industries together, whether it's health tech in the example of Semaphore, whether it's FinTech in the example of, uh, of Synchrony, whether it is uh, artificial intelligence, whatever it is, but that, but that data and, and how you manage that and how you, and how you get nuggets of, of, of insights from that, all of, all of that process is the, is the glue that really binds together all of the elements of our of our economy here and then we said okay let's look 10 20 30 40 50 years down the road what are those companies going to be doing with that data how are they going to how are they going to be looking into these massive sets of of numbers and information on their customers and their clients and how are they going to benefit from it and that has really shown that artificial intelligence and, and data science and i use those terms interchangeably are the, the real the real future for how those industries are going to be successful? So we looked, you know, we ran to where the ball was being thrown, and mm -hmm. and that's that's down that's down the field at artificial intelligence. And we think that, you know, our our my stated plan and and what I will say to anybody who asks is that I want to see the great artificial intelligence algorithms, the great machine learning programs come out of the city of Stanford and not be used by just the companies here, but be become the, the Bloomberg of the artificial intelligence world, become the Oracle of the artificial intelligence world. Uh, and, that's, and that's what I wanna see coming out of the startup ecosystem in Stanford. I would love that as a Stanford resident myself, it would be um, great to see that because that will only grow the economy here. And you know, you've been around for a couple of years now, had you know, really got that footing. So what do you consider some of Stanford Next's uh, biggest successes? Um, there, are, there are sort of two categories. The, there are cumulative successes and then there are iterative successes. One of the things that I'm most proud of as a as a person uh, and as a, and as somebody who thinks that innovation is is not just you know um, tech companies and, and 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 apps and the like it is that was we've been working with a, a a nonprofit organization here in Stanford called Building One Community and they're the local kind of community center for people of immigrant descent immigrants uh, to the United States of which Stanford actually has a 37% population of immigrants. So it's a huge swath of who we are as a city. And 
we've been working with them for the last uh, two years on what they're calling what they've called the immigrant entrepreneurship incubator and that brings individuals it brings small businesses it brings curious you know young women and men into into the organization to say you you want to start a business here are the nuts and bolts and the real you know the the hammers the hammers and, and picks of how you do a business and we're going to take you through this process we're going to tie you up with a with an incredible mentor who comes out of the business or the venture capital community, and you're going to do this for a year and come out of the other side with a fully organized, well-running, ready-to-grow business. And from a from a personal and you know wanting to see a rising tide lifting all boats um, perspective of mine, that's that's my greatest um, my greatest achievement that I've felt so far. From a from a cumulative real ecosystem transformational point of view, I see the, the work that we've done that allowed us to get to the point that we decided data science was going to be the future of Stanford. That work has taken many, many forms, but it's ultimately ended in what we're calling the Stanford Data Science Initiative, where we're working with the University of Connecticut to build out a three-pronged push here in Stanford to, to cover every aspect of the data science and artificial intelligence universe so that we can be targeting research, we can be targeting talent, we can be targeting startup companies and providing resources to all three of those organizations right here in Stanford focused on AI and data science. And so from, a, from, a, from an organizational point of view and from setting Stanford up for the future, that's by far my greatest achievement that I feel that we've come up with so far. And I'm happy to talk more about it if you'd like. Well, yes, that was my next question, which you kind of answered, but we can go into a little bit more detail is about that partnership with UConn and um, TIP, right? Uh, Technology Incubation Program. Yep. Um, UConn is just expanded so much since I've lived down here. I mean, it's incredible to see that it's gone from a downtown building to dorms, to these different programs and um, to the leadership that has taken over down there. So just in a little more detail, um, what exactly is TIP Digital? Yeah, absolutely. Um, TIP Digital is one of those three prongs that we're working with in the Stanford Data Science Initiative. TIP Digital is a full-featured incubation program based on campus at UConn Stanford that accepts new ventures and startups, both from within the UConn community and from outside the UConn community. What ties them all together is that they work in data science. It is run by a gentleman, uh, Dr. Anna Louie, who I, I hope I pronounced that right, who runs the TIP incubator in Farmington that focuses on bioscience. That has been wildly successful over the last decade. I think they've raised almost a billion dollars of startup yeah. capital for the companies that are in there. And they wanted to take that model that was extremely successful in Farmington and expand it to Stanford. And, uh, and we gave them the funding to do that. Tip Digital is, as I said, kind of one of the three prongs there. They have 30, it's between 25 and 30. They, they keep recruiting them. I can't keep up between 25 and 30 startups participating in the incubator right now. They have a full suite of mentors and, and, and entrepreneurs and residents there, the most notable of which is actually uh, David Ferrucci, whose name I wouldn't expect everybody to have on, their, on the tip of their tongue, but they will know him as the project lead for IBM Watson, uh, which was the AI that competed on Jeopardy. Uh, he, is, he is the lead mentor over there at the, the Tip Digital Incubator. 
And, and so they have some, some really exciting companies in there, and they also have some very exciting resources available to those companies. And we're seeing uh, money being raised by those companies already. We're seeing, I think that they've had an exit already. We're seeing a lot of mature companies coming up and going through there. So it's really exciting for Stanford. Um, if I can if I can vamp more about the, uh, the Stanford Data Science Initiative and why it's so important that we're working with UConn, the other side of it is that these startup companies are going to need talent and people who are thinking entrepreneurially with an entrepreneurial mind here in Connecticut. And one of the partners in the Stanford Data Science Initiative is the Worth Institute for Entrepreneurship at UConn, who have put together uh, essentially a co-op program they're running in Stanford where a group of UConn students go in and, and their full-time uh, studies are working with startup companies, working in a startup environment to project manage and develop their own um, products that they can then go out and say, we created this. We've, we've done this. We've worked in the startup environment. We want to work at your startup. And the, one of the top five needs that startup uh, founders come to me with is we need people who are able and willing to think to not think outside the box think creatively yeah, yeah. Uh, outside the box and and that's the kind of um those are the kind of people that we're bringing in finally the third and i'll be brief prong of that is that uh and although you've noticed that uconn has grown a lot at stanford mm -hmm. it is technically not uh, a research campus as of yet uh there are not individuals doing uh academic research on campus and we've we felt that for cutting edge startups to have cutting edge technology and, and techniques that they in, in incorporate, that they need cutting edge research. And so part of the incubator is that we are providing funding to the University of Connecticut to bring on board five researchers focused in the data science field to do academic research, both on behalf of UConn and on behalf of those uh, startups inside the facility there at UConn Tip Digital. And they're going to work hand in hand with those startup founders and get them right at the cutting edge of new technology, but also show that Stanford is a viable uh, research uh, institution here in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, as someone who is a member and a follower of CBIA, you know, like one of our top priorities in going into the 2022 legislative session is the workforce issue. You know, we have more jobs right now um, than we have people to fill them, which is something that Connecticut has not faced in a very long time. And having these college students be able to go and fill these jobs is something so important. So um, we appreciate that initiative to, to get people right into the career they want to be in and, and, and also break down that barrier of what data science is. Sometimes I think there's a little bit of a misconception of who's meant for it. Um, and I think this kind of shows with the help and the consulting really from these people who have been in the industry or um, work at companies in this area where you might not think data science, maybe you only think finance kind of shows them you can apply here too. There is a role for you here as well. And, and, and not to, you know, not to belabor the point, but I totally agree with you. And I, and I think that it is a, it is a mindset that we have grown up with here in Connecticut. Yeah, I'm 29 and I, I grew up in Wilton uh, here in Connecticut, uh, went to high school in Stanford. But but when you grow up here, it the the pathway that you know that you're visually presented with, particularly I suppose in Fairfield County, is 
corporate headquarters there, corporate headquarters there, you know. Um, hedge fund. The hedge fund, <laughs> very, 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 very um, linearly defined career paths and mentalities and, and processes. And so what we're, what we're almost, you know, needing to train out of ourselves is this idea that, that there is intense value and personal satisfaction that can be held from stepping into a job and having responsibilities that may bridge four or five careers because you're in a startup and you, you know, you, that how invigorating it feels to, to be the person and to learn and build the bridge while you're in midair. Um, I suppose built the plane while you're in midair. (laughs) Um, And that we've, I won't say that we've lost that, but that it's been so easy to focus on the really um, well-defined paths that, Mm -hmm. that, that that we've almost forgotten that there are other paths that are, if not uh, as rewarding, more rewarding. No, um, my first job going a little off topic, but it does circle back was at Old Town Hall, they were using it. I'm not sure what they're using it for now, but it was in Stanford Innovation Center, I believe yeah. might've been one of the names that's gone under yep. um, for a news website. It's relevant. It didn't, yep. it's not relevant anymore, unfortunately, <laughs> but we were there. We were the entrepreneurs trying to launch a hyper-local news. Um, I think we were like three years too early. Um, but it, you're, to your point, you know, I jumped out a non-secure career, which is in my blood, but you are your own manager, your, your own project manager, you're your own technology fixer, you know, there's no web team, you are your web team, but um, it was such an experience. And if, um, when at the time I was so young, we did have consultants, but thinking back at it now, like to be able, we didn't, you know, we could have had the support of something like Stanford next would have just been amazing. And maybe it would have been still relevant. Now, but. Oh, but that, you know, and that's the beauty of, of startups is that, you know, I can't be certain, but if you, if you ask me to place a bet on whether or not the founder of it's relevant is working on something new or, or going off on a new venture, I don't even, I don't even know who it is, but I could tell you that the kind of entrepreneurial minded people that we have in Stanford says to me that, whoever that is, is probably off on their next, their next venture. And I think that's super cool. And you know what he did? He ended up, it's called, it's relevant still. It's not news, but it's curated television for places like libraries or yeah. So he ended up becoming successful in his entrepreneurial ways. So that's good. But of course it would have been nice. Um, we are just too soon too a uh, little bit before the curve, but moving on um, yes. enough about me, um, DEC, DECD is awarding a hundred million in innovation corridor grants this spring as part of Lamont administration's $750 million economic development strategy designed to attract matching private sector investment. And this is all to create uh, around 80,000 jobs over five years. Again, we have that workforce issue. So we're going to have to um, step up and figure out how to fill those if they do start coming to Connecticut, but they're doing it by attracting that private sector investment. So my first question to you is how important are public private sector partnerships like this to get things off the ground? I, I think that, and, and the, the folks at DECD are, are doing a fantastic job with this, uh, David Lehman in particular, the, the commissioner over there, that that, that showing that we as a state have skin in the game and that we are as committed to progress 
and, and development here in the state as we want our companies to be, that we're setting the example, that, that there's no way to, to value that. It's, it's almost priceless, right? And, and show that we're willing and, and engaged partners and that we're willing to, to go the extra mile to, to make ourselves into uh, the, the best version of Connecticut that we can be uh, and, and show that we're willing to put that foot forward. I think that it is, it is such an incredible story to tell about the kind of lives, lives that we're able to have here in Connecticut that it shouldn't be that we need to do this, but we do uh, because it's, it's easy to be overshadowed by the, the black hole of attention that is New York or San Francisco. I'm, I'm looking at these innovation corridor grants as a fully transformative opportunity for Connecticut in, this, in the same way that, you know, that, that building a, a university or that attracting a major company's headquarters or that uh, building a highway can be transformational because it's going to coalesce all of our thinking and all of our actions in, here in Stanford around one, one real fixed point and one goal. And, and, I, and I can't wait to see that. You know, I look out at the examples of how this has been done in the past, and, and the best one that comes to mind is New York City's Roosevelt Island project that, that New York City did with, with Cornell. And in, in, in a similar way, they partnered with, it was a public-private partnership between, you know, a private educational institution, both in the United States and then uh, an international institution. It was there, was, there was public money, there was private money, and they took something uh, with Roosevelt Island and made it into such an asset for not just, you know, not just the city, not just the state, but for, for the entire life cycle of a company and an individual from education through their career, that, that you, could, you could be at this institute and, and create the kind of engineering research and, and startup companies and, and talent that New York maybe wasn't turning around, turning out, and suddenly they opened up a whole new industry to come into New York and be a part of that city and that economy. And I see the same sort of thing happening here in Stanford. Where, to your point, it's hard to fill jobs here in Connecticut because of the talent issue. And I can't imagine a world where having thousands of students learning about AI, data science, you know, analytics here in Stanford is not going to fill seats at companies like Synchrony, companies like Henkel, companies mm -hmm. like Charter, or, or the new sort of the next generation of companies coming here to Stanford. I look at a, at a digital currency group, right? But one of the largest cryptocurrency, whether you want to call that a holding company or whether, one of the largest players in the cryptocurrency game across all of the assets within that space, that they're choosing to be here in Stanford uh, and that we are going to strive to be able to create the kind of talent here that can fill their seats and, and make, you know, maybe we wake up in 20 years and Stanford is the center of the cryptocurrency universe because we made a commitment to data science and artificial intelligence and the largest cryptocurrency company in the world was right here and we served their need. And I think that right now we have that perfect storm to create that, right? We have all these New Yorkers moving where we, and we did, and we still do back to the Stanford area because of COVID and, and wanting to be in an area where you have a little more space if God forbid it ever happened again like that. And you have a lot of people getting burnt out from those nine to five banking and finance jobs um, that are now living here. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens within the next 10 years with all the talent that COVID 
and one positive thing has brought back the Connecticut. Yeah. So we will see and we'll follow up with you. But my last question is, and I drive past this on my way to the gym every day is co-create Stanford. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Are you working with them in any way? Yeah, absolutely. Co-create Stanford is a partnership uh, that GE uh, Appliances has entered to, into here in the city to create a whole new facility where innovators can work together with the manufacturers and the engineers at GE to create either new products for themselves, new products for GE, or just tinker around with, with machines and, and working in manufacturing. It'll, it'll have a makerspace where if you want to go in and work on your, you know, your prototype or your, your MVP, that you can do that. It will have a micro factory where GE appliances will actually be building their own uh, appliances there right on site, uh, which is sort of cool. And there will be an educational element to it well, as well, where GE appliances is going to work with students and universities and engaged intelligent people around here to, to bring them into the field of advanced manufacturing and, and to sort of show that there's not just a career there, but, but so much possibility and, and progress to be done in terms of innovation. It's a facility that they're building out right here in downtown Stanford. You can walk to it in five minutes from the train station. Mm -hmm. You can stroll in the doors and there will be tools there that you can, you can play with and, and a factory turning out. I think it's going to be pizza ovens that you can, that, you know, you can engage with. They're going to have smart engineers on site teaching you how to, how to, how to, how to build things and, and iterate and innovate. And it's going to be so cool. And the CEO over there, uh, Kevin at, uh, at GE Appliances has come here to Stanford. He, uh, he has some connections to Connecticut and just talks about how amazing he sees the kind of the population here in Connecticut and how creative he sees people here and how he wants to harness that. And, and, and we're hopeful that, that it's just the beginning of a longer relationship with, uh, with them and GE appliances. That's so cool. Sign me up for that pizza oven. I can't make it or fix it, but I'll take it once it's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm and you know, it's, it's Connecticut. So we're all going to be, you know, a little touchy about, oh, uh, yeah, about, about our pizza. About pizza it's very controversial. I personally would like to see Colony Pizza do an exposition where they actually make some of their, uh, their famous thin crust hot oil pizza in one of these appliances. I'd, I'd certainly like mm. to try it, but uh, if nothing else, uh, that's where you can find me on a Friday night. <laughs> that's a tough statement now because they open Sally's down the street. It's a lot of competition. And then you got New Haven up 95. I mean, I, the governor's gotten in some trouble talking about pizza lately. So <laughs> colony, colony until I die, I, I invite anybody to come down from New Haven and have their minds blown. Um, <laughs> well, Wes, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Stanford next and being a part of CBIA. We will uh, continue to follow your progress and check in on you guys in, in a few months or, or so and see what amazing things you are doing. But uh, for now, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Allie. It's, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and the folks over there at CBIA. And uh, I always come away feeling optimistic about the future of our state whenever I do. <laughs> Chris will love to hear that, our CEO. Well, thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, YouTube, SoundCloud. And for more episodes, head on over to CBIA.com.